You're listening to The Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Perth Property Show. My name's Trent Fleskins, your host as always. And as promised, we are speaking JDAP and sat this week with my favourite planner. It's Bianca Sandry from Herb and Nista. Trent, thank you for having me. Hey, thanks for coming in. No worries. Bit of a uh, interesting topic, really. It's sort of creme de la creme when it comes to planning. This is where the real gladiators battle it out, isn't it? Uh, this is true. And this is where true warriors are made. <laughs> this is where true names are made. Very true. You made yourself a name recently with the city of Nedlands on a big one. That was on a development panel, wasn't it? Yeah, that's correct. That was the Chellingworth Porsche site and the bike store next door. 97 to 105 Sterling Highway. If you haven't seen it, you probably should read the news a bit more. But yes, that was a JDAP application that ultimately got approved. There were some people who were pretty unhappy with you. Yeah, there are a few people who aren't happy with me about that, but that's okay. The framework's there in order to support it and it got approved. What an achievement, really. I mean, this is the sort of stuff that people would be working on for decades to be a part of an an approval like this and so early in your career. It's pretty impressive, mate, to have what will be a landmark development that you got through. Yeah, look, I mean, it was an absolute pleasure working on the project and I think being able to get that through within 18 months was an excellent outcome and it was really a testament to the entire team that was part of it and also the client who's a visionary. So I've referenced two different acronyms, JDAP and SAT. They're different things, aren't they? They are. Can you give us a quick comparison? Okay, so the Joint Development Assessment Panel, which is JDAP, they are a determining body of applications. So if you put it in perspective of you normally go through local government, if the officers in local government can't determine something, it goes to a council meeting. What the JDAP do is replace that decision-making process from the local government. So you lodge the application with the local government as per usual, you go through the RFI process, you go through the consultation process, and then the officers will prepare a report for the JDAP to determine. Just like they would prepare for the council, but it's not going to council. And why generally do we not want it to go to council? Why would we want it to go to JDAP? So JDAP was established on the premise that councils were potentially too political, potentially didn't have the nous in order to determine larger applications. So the JDAP is made up of three professionals and two councillors of the respective local government. It's weighted that way in order for the professional opinion, I guess, shines through, but it also has a balance with the two councillors to understand the local context and the community concerns as well. What professionals would these be? Planners, architects? They can vary, but principally they're town planners, experienced town planners, architects, landscape architects, engineers. There previously was a builder who was a JDAP member. So some come from local government backgrounds, maybe directors, former CEOs, others consultants, but generally in the field of planning. All right. So that's JDAP is essentially, it's an independent professional body that make a decision instead of the council if we're worried about it being a political decision. Yep. And we'll talk about soon what, how you qualify to elect for that. Mm-hmm. What's SAT? SAT is the State Administrative Tribunal. You only utilise the tribunal, which is what we refer to it to, or SAT, if your application is refused. So it can be refused by the West Australian Planning Commission if it's a subdivision, by a local government, a DA, or by JDAP as a Joint Development Assessment Panel application. So it's like the High Court for planning. Pretty much. SAT is where you go. You've got 28 days from the date of the decision to make an appeal to the tribunal. And there's a process that's followed through with that. And I'm sure we'll get to that process shortly. People are often scared of SAT because they think, oh, you know, fees, time, etc. 
But if it's something that we believe can be negotiated, and there is a process in the tribunal for mediation and that's always a great outcome. But SAT is there essentially for clients to be able to pursue if they're aggrieved with a decision or even if there is a condition on an approval that they're not happy with. Are the people that sit on JDAP the same people that sit on SAT? How are they different? Okay, so the SAT is an arm of the judicial system in Western Australia, so they're independently appointed members. So they do not have any affiliation outside of the tribunal. They're not allowed to, and they have to be completely independent. But we do currently have four tribunal members that operate in the planning space at the moment. Uh, Two were previously from local government, either directors or former CEOs. One who is a seasoned SAT member and has been there for quite some time, and the other is a planning lawyer. So with town planning matters, it's interesting. You don't ordinarily engage a lawyer unless there is an issue of law. The SAT process for town planning can fall to a town planner to operate within because all the legislation for town planning is made by town planners. So why not use them to be able to argue the case? Okay, so the difference here in terms of the process of getting there is that JDAP, you can elect to go there as a replacement of council as your decision-making body at the end of the day for your development approval. SAT is where you go if you've been refused by that decision-making body, whether it's the council or JDAP or someone else. Correct. They're exactly. the last resort for you, essentially. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that's well, your last lifeline. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and we'll talk about that. All right, so let's get into more detail about JDAP. So can everyone apply to go through JDAP, especially if they're worried that their council is highly political and NIMBY and will probably not approve their application? What are the criteria? Sure. So if you've got a development application that is a value between 2 and $10 million, you can opt into JDAP. So you can utilize a JDAP route, but you also have to qualify in the fact that you have 10 multiple dwellings or group dwellings or more, or it's a commercial development or it's a mixed use development. So for example, if you're proposing four apartments and one office, you qualify if you were $2 million construction costs. If you're doing just straight residential, you would need to be 10 apartments or 10 group dwellings with a construction cost of more than $2 million. So that's how you qualify to get there. And I'll preface that by saying that's for local governments outside the city of Perth. The city of Perth has an opt-in between two and $20 million, but the same parameters generally apply. If your development is more than $10 million outside of the city of Perth, then it's mandatory. You must go through JDAP. Okay, so is it one of those situations like when we, we think about with SAT where it's going to take us months and months and months? Uh, is it one of those ones where you, you're dissuaded from going with JDAP or do a lot of people actually specifically go to JDAP and, and, and get a great outcome and it's something that they would prefer? Look, my advice generally to clients is if we qualify for JDAP, we're going through JDAP. It's an additional cost up front because you have to pay a JDAP application fee. Is it nominal? Nominal and it scales depending on the cost of the development. The reason why I prefer operating in the JDAP sphere is whilst local governments have a 90-day statutory time frame, as we know, they don't always meet that time frame. Whereas with the JDAP process, it is 90 days. And the only way to get additional time is by consent from the applicant. And the only time we would consent to that is if we were working towards a solution. Otherwise, we just take our chances and go through JDAP, a JDAP meeting and to see what the determination will be. Also, it takes out that level of politics that you can sometimes find with certain complicated or sensitive development applications. 
which the councillors or the city may not be appreciating. So we would go through JDAP in those situations. Example of that might be a really big high-rise building or a childcare centre where people don't want to hear the child, the kids next to me or the traffic or something like that. Yeah, 100%. Childcare centres is definitely one of those. I would always say go through JDAP. But equally, I think any apartments, depending on the local government, as you put before City of Netherlands, you know, often people will just go through the JDAP route with City of Netherlands simply to get a decision from the JDAP. Is it also a case that because JDAP really shouldn't or doesn't have any political spectrum that at least we know the game. We can tick all the boxes from a planning side and it's going to be computer says yes or computer says no. It's very much if we tick the boxes, we should expect an approval. Whereas if we leave it with council, we can tick every box, keep going further and still have people who are just bent against this idea fundamentally. Look, I mean, we have to bear in mind that the JDAP has to consider the exact same elements as what a council would. So it has to consider the community objections and the community concerns. It has to consider the planning framework. It has to go through due consideration. However, professionals and the count- and those councillors who generally sit on JDAP have the ability to ensure that their decision-making process are based on the on the information that is provided to them, not based on the external factors which may be circulating the noise exactly okay yeah so in reality are we seeing a lot of approvals come out of jdap is it something that people think is a productive function in our development and planning system these days is it something where if you go to jdap you should expect an approval look i don't think you can expect an approval at any decision making process it really comes down to your application right and that probably sounds like a bit of a cop-out but in reality you have to provide the right information you have to have the right tools in the toolbox to get the outcome however jdap do generally support applications which have merit. There are occasions which JDAP do refuse applications and in those instances, there is merit for that refusal. But in most instances, if you have everything right, then you will get that JDAP approval. So let's say we've gone through the process, uh, the city has either recommended an approval or a refusal. We get to JDAP and JDAP don't approve us. They come back and say, look, not a fan of this at the moment. Would it be a case then where they would give us some indication of what it would take to get approved, go back, do some more work and come back to us in a month or two? Yeah, so we find with the JDAP application process that the JDAPs, if they're not convinced, but they think that they may be convinced in approving something, they will defer the application with a set of criteria that they want addition to what the application is currently proposing. So, for example, let's say it's a childcare centre. They feel like it needs two more car parking bays in order for it to get across the line, and that's a pretty easy fit. They will say, okay, we defer the application for four weeks for the applicant to address the concerns regarding car parking, and at that point, the applicant will address that, provide it back to the local government. You'll go back to JDAP in the four weeks' time. And if you've addressed it, then you could almost be certain you're getting that approval. On the flip side, if the changes in which the JDAP think need to be made in order for it to be approved is beyond what could be done in a deferral, then they will refuse it. But that's okay because you can go through the SAP process and mediation, which we'll speak to shortly. And often after a mediation process at the tribunal, you will know where you sit and whether you go back to JDAP for that reconsideration for approval or whether it's a fait complete and there's other avenues to go down. All right, let's segue straight into SAT right. then. <laughs> so whether it's coming from JDAP or whether it's coming from the city as a refusal, does it have any bearing or difference as to how we approach SAT from that point? Yeah, so there is a difference between the process from if a local government refuses it to if a JDAP refuses it. But maybe first I'll just take a step back and explain the process with the tribunal. 
Once you appeal at the tribunal, you go to a directions hearing. That is the first cab off the rank. And that directions hearing is really just familiarising the member. And they are the, we call them members as opposed to judges or magistrates. They're a member in the tribunal. We familiarise them with the parameters of the application, the reason why we're there. At that point, the applicant being ourselves and the respondent being the local government, whoever it may be at the time, will agree to either go to a mediation or if the respondent or the applicant thinks, no, we don't want mediation, we want to go straight through to a hearing, that is where that decision is made. I would say 90% of the time, we would go straight to a mediation. To show yeah. that we're willing to work Correct. towards an approval. And a mediation is behind closed doors. It's without prejudice. So you get to have a roundtable discussion without worrying about anything else. Have you found room. that that's a positive thing generally to do? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And that's when you can really get to the crux of an issue. And once we know what that that big rock is that we need to deal with, we go out of the room, discuss it with the client, discuss it with the member, come back in the room, and often we can resolve it there on the day. And from that point, a reconsideration, a Section 31 reconsideration order is made and it'll go back to the decision maker with hopefully it being approved because we've just mediated a sound outcome. But let's say that Section 31 or that mediation or at the directions hearing it fails, then the only other option to go down with the tribunal is a full hearing. And a full hearing is very similar to a court hearing process. You have an advocate, you have expert witnesses, and you have a member presiding. The fundamental difference with town planning, and I mentioned this before, was that town planners can operate as the advocate in the tribunal. So you don't need to have a lawyer. So in most instances, the town planners will drive it. You'll go through the hearing process. That might take you a day or two. And then a decision will be made within three months after that. And it will be handed down. With the JDAP application process, when it is refused and you go to the tribunal, the, the JDAP is represented by the state solicitor's office. So that means they're represented by a lawyer. So more often than not, we would suggest to clients in those instances to engage a, a planning lawyer to represent them in the process. And us being the town planner will be there to assist and be there as part of the mediation. Simply because it's an even playing field at that point. Lawyer versus lawyer. And then traditionally, town planner versus town planner. Okay, so that's JDAP. Who's representing the city if it's coming from a refusal from the city? Normally, if the officers recommend refusal and the council uphold that refusal, the officers of that local government will be representing themselves at the tribunal. So it might be the manager of planning Correct. at the city of Stirling, for yep. example, wherever it is. Yep. So traditionally, the local government will, will represent themselves unless they've got a budget allocation that allows them to go outside and get someone else. If the officers, let's say at the town of Mosin Park, the officers recommended approval and the council refused it, the officers cannot represent themselves in the tribunal because it is against the decision that was made by council. So they have to go seek an independent planner to undertake that process on behalf of the councillors. Okay, so there we go. My next question was going to be, is it really worth going to SAT if you've been knocked down by the city? I guess there are two situations there, right? If the city planner has approved it or recommended approval and then the council's come back saying uh, refusal, then you probably have a really good chance it's sat because it takes politics out again. You can make that submission really based on a planning outcome, right? But if the city recommends refusal and the council recommends refusal, what would your hit rate be of, an, of getting an approval from SAT after all of this, given the fact that the city is probably working within the town planning laws. I guess I come back to whether you go down a mediation path 
or a hearing path. I would always know, no matter what the outcome is, what the officers have recommended or what the council has resolved to do, I would always encourage a client to go through mediation so we understand what the actual issue is. You're probably aware and your listeners are probably aware if a local government is not happy with an application, they will throw everything at it. And often we find with refusals, it will have 10 reasons for refusal, but really it only relates to one issue. And you won't know what that one issue is until we get into mediation. And often that one issue can be addressed. Such a shame, isn't it? That it can't be, a, that it can become such a murky situation with the city operating with more emotion as a foundation of their refusal than anything else. It isn't yeah. really their role. Well, look, I mean, and we've said this before on the previous podcast, local governments are so, are so diverse. I have to deal with so many different viewpoints, community, activist groups, councillors, the independent views, the legislation. There's everything that they have to consider as part of something. And if one, if there's a crack in one of those, then unfortunately that's where the issues lie. Over the years, we've had a few applications for something as small as a triplex take six, seven, eight months with a couple of the hardest councils for us to work with, hardest cities, and I've, I've mentioned them before. We've been goaded by some of the planning officers in there to say, why don't you send it to SAT? It might be quicker for you. Would you ever see a situation there where you would force a refusal after 90 days and then send it to SAT to essentially get rid of all the faff going on at the city so that we can move forward? Yeah, so one thing I didn't mention previously is that if an application has been in with the local government longer than the statutory time frame, so let's say you had an application that warranted a 90-day statutory time frame, within 28 days of that 90 days, you can actually appeal to the tribunal for what is called a deemed refusal. We have done that and we will do that where we feel like we aren't getting the information we need from a local government to understand what the issues are. And in those situations, we found ourselves in a better position and often an approval as a result of it. But it's only rarely we'll go down that path. It's only if we've effectively been stonewalled, they put the bricks up, the mortars in, I can't get through okay, well, let's go to the tribunal and figure out what's going on. Try and get the drawbridge down again yes. to have a conversation. Yeah, exactly. Knock each brick out one at a time. Yeah. <laughs> so to keep rolling with this SAT theme, give us some examples of what type of applications you as a professional have taken to SAT with some confidence that you would you would get it over the line. And how did it go? So interestingly enough, sometimes I do cross over to the local government sphere and I am actually employed by some local governments to represent them as an expert and equally as a planning consultant I represent my own clients in the tribunal. We deal with everything as small as a shed in a rear setback area and we've had a few of those or additions in a rear setback area where you need six meters but we're proposing to go three meters in a very small area. Um, needless to say, we've had them approved. We've had boundary walls that have screening devices because both the neighbours agree to it, but the local government for some reason doesn't. We had that approved. And then you obviously get into the bigger applications. We've done multiple dwelling applications. We actually tested volume two. We were one of the first firms to test volume two with a client. And one thing I will say... Apartments. Apartments, yeah, apologies. So apartments volume two, we were one of the first to test the framework when it was just released. And that was just by coincidence. But the one thing with volume two is that there are so many moving parts to it and it is so subjective that you could be caught out on something that is not even an issue. So when you go into a hearing, there is an agreed set of issues between the parties, but effectively the entire application is up for grabs. So a member may find something else that they think is 
not right with the application versus what the respondent and the applicant have agreed to. So with apartment developments, I would proceed with caution through the tribunal and I would ultimately like to seek an outcome through mediation before going to a hearing. But everything else, if, it, if, if it's black and white in terms of the merit, then most of the times you'll be successful in a hearing process. So if I've been refused my application based on an, either an apartment development or a smaller townhouse or uh, unit development, uh, I've been refused by the city, I want to take it to SAT. Can I expect to get an approval having made no compromises, no changes along the way and just rhino my way through this? Or is that a fairly unrealistic outlook to have? Yeah, I think that's a pretty unrealistic expectation. I think the tribunal's primary purpose is to find a negotiated solution. And through any negotiation, there has to be movement on the plans. I won't divulge all my tactics because I do know there's plenty of local government officers that listen to this podcast, which I've realized since the last podcast but you know there are ways to deal with that and there's a progression in the amendments and how you show the local governments or the respondent in order to not compromise the development but also meet halfway with the local government maybe halfway might not exactly be halfway no comment no comment (laughs) we'll leave it at that bianca i uh, very much appreciate your time and really just to start getting people familiar with these two acronyms sat and jet up they sound especially sat like a very scary thing for a lot of people a last resort Uh, No one really wants to be at court, right? And it's essentially a little court. So uh, the more we can understand about this process, get familiar with it. It shouldn't be part of your plan, but it should sat at least, but it should certainly be one of your solutions if possible. Uh, And with JDAP, get used to it. The more uh, you're developing, more complex uh, your development's going to get. Hopefully you can qualify for JDAP and, and play with a bit more of a black and white rule book. Yeah, 100%. I completely agree with you. And look, whoever you use as a town planner will always try and get you an outcome as opposed to going through SAT. But if you have to go through SAT, trust your consultant or your lawyer and go through the mediation process and hopefully you get the right result. Bianca Sandri, Urbanista, thanks a lot, mate. We'll have you in again soon. Thank you. Appreciate it, Trent. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Perth Property Show. If you've only just joined the conversation, you can catch up by heading over to our website, perthpropertyshow.com.au, subscribing to the podcast or joining our Facebook page. Don't forget to tune in next Monday at 7am for more expert insights, local analysis and suburb spotlights. Happy hunting!